All right, well, it is a new month and a new word is about to come into your world from Core Essential Values. I'm excited to talk about this one and how it relates to preschoolers because it's a toughie. It's yeah. a good necessary for kids, but it's a toughie. So let's jump right into it. My name is Leslie Bolser and I am the creative director for Core Essential Values. And I'm here with my friend, Dr. Beth Trammell. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Beth Trammell. I'm a licensed psychologist and an associate professor of psychology at Indiana University East, where I'm also the director of the Master's in Mental Health Counseling Program. And I love words. And Leslie, you love words. And it's why we are such good friends. Yes, that is correct. And it's why we tackle tough topics together. Um, and this one I love. I think it's, you know, when we think about it in terms of uh, as we grow older, I think when we talk about elementary schools or middle and high school students, it's going to be a much different conversation. But as we talk about preschoolers today, the word we're talking about is compassion. And that word has some layers and some depth to it that I think takes maybe a little bit of maturity to understand. So if we wanted to develop compassionate people, compassionate students, compassionate young adults. Let's talk about how we might start that process with a pre-K student. Yeah. So we um, want to really kind of simplify compassion for preschoolers by just connecting it to being a helper. Mm. Um, so the definition from Core Essential, or how do we sort of talk about it at Core Essential Values? Well, for preschoolers, we say, I can help others. Yeah. So it's, it seems very basic, but it really is the, the seed of growing compassion later, as you, as you kind of mentioned. And the good news is um, if your kid is in preschool, they get lots of reinforcement of this idea of being a helper. They have special jobs they do in the classroom. They have, uh, you know, special ways that they can share with different friends. And so if your um, child is in preschool, they're getting that. And if your child's not in preschool, then you can kind of mimic some of that at home by giving them special jobs to do and then reminding them that they are being a helper when they clean up their toys or when they come to have lunch with you or whatever that looks like. So really basic, but still really important seeds to develop. Yeah, I remember my children are older now, but I remember when they were young, one of their favorite things to do with larger stuffed animals was put band-aids on them, wrap them in ace bandages and, you know, play doctor or nurse or just caregiver to those little <laughs> stuffed creatures. I feel like, you know, even encouraging things like that is a way to show them how they can care for others. I think it's so good. And yeah, having that that little stethoscope. I mean, I remember growing up and having the the uh, the little stethoscope. And I think we are just um, kind of drawn to doing that even when we're little. And if we as parents continue to encourage that um, by playing doctor with them or by, yeah, getting the stuffed animals out and talking about how, you know, someone might feel sad or they might be hurt and how can we be a helper to them? Those are all kind of the precursors to doing this and doing it well. Yeah. Another thing it makes me think of is, you know, compassion really is a, is a close synonym, I think, to empathy, mm. uh, which again is it's, that's a difficult concept for a preschooler to know. But I, I think of my nephew is um, he's in kindergarten now, but when he was here visiting, uh, we watched a couple of Disney movies and I remember him being really drawn to when the characters experienced a deep emotion. So when a character was very scared or very sad, 
he wanted to pause the movie and talk about it. And he had questions about why is their face like that? What are they feeling? Why is the music scary? Um, and I think, you know, we sometimes just watch movies like that or read books and just think of the whole experience when we could do exactly what my preschool nephew did, which is pause and talk about, you know, what's happening with that person's face? Why are they feeling that? Why are they thinking that? And developing the ability to look at others and see an emotion or see a need. I think you bring up such a great point that our preschoolers are still learning so many things. They're learning so many things about the world, about the people around them. And, you know, in particular, they're learning about all these emotions and, you know, they're starting to learn more about more complex emotions, which is probably why your, you know, your four or five-year-old nephew was starting to ask more questions because he was kind of beyond the stage of like, I know what it means to be mad um, and into more complex emotions of, why was that that person's face looking that way? That's an emotion I don't know. It's not anger, but what is it? And then we can start to have more conversations about embarrassment or guilt or um, shame. Like we can have some deeper conversations and they're not going to be super deep like you're going to have with your, you know, your friend or your teenager perhaps. But again, the whole point of the preschool population is just to continue to expose them to different concepts like compassion and empathy and, and all those feelings because they are learning so much right now. Yeah. It was a, when he did that, it was very interesting for me because um, it wasn't something that I, as an adult had thought to do, but he was just so taken by those moments and really wanted to think about those more. And I think back to my own childhood or my daughters when they had experienced something like that, and then they would have trouble sleeping Mm. because it would stick with them. It would stay with them and they would think more about it when they got quiet. Um, And I just think, you know, those are opportunities for us to develop these skills in kids when we see them and when we take advantage of them. And sometimes it's easy to miss them, but when a four-year-old puts it right in your face, it's easier to take advantage of it. <laughs> it's so true. And I think because we have become more, um, you know, practiced at understanding emotion and understanding the reaction of other people, we don't pause as much. And so whether it's a movie or it's a situation when you're at the store and you overhear people having a conversation and then suddenly your preschooler was like, why did that person say the SH word, mom? (laughs) You know, those are all opportunities for us to be talking about how we could be a helper, how we can step back from being a helper and still show compassion by giving people their privacy. Um, And I think just like in, um, in movies, as you're describing, we often read um, to our preschoolers. And so it gives us an opportunity to look at the pictures. And if there's ever pictures of facial expressions, asking your preschooler, um, you know, what do you think this person feels right now? Or why do you think they feel that way? Or how is this other person helping uh, that person in the story? And so when you're reading books, there's so much opportunity to not just read to your kids, which we know there's lots of benefits for, but also to look at the pictures and help them understand what these images are that they um, are seeing in the world. Yeah, that's a really, really great point. So what's your perspective on, um, as an adult, naming and sharing some of the emotions you're feeling as it's appropriate for a preschooler? 
So if you're feeling scared or if you're feeling sad or if you're feeling frustration, just to say out loud to your child, this is what I'm feeling, and then maybe offering what you're going to do in response to that feeling or ask from from something from them, right? I'm feeling sad. Would you like to give me a hug or something like that? Yeah, I always at the preschool level encourage modeling of appropriate emotional expression because they just um, are not actually great at doing that naturally. In fact, yeah. m- many of us, it's it's unnatural to talk about our emotions because of how we are raised and how we're kind of conditioned in this um, culture. But I would almost always, and I say almost always, because as a psychologist, I live my whole life in gray. There's almost never like, I will always do this. Um, yeah, I was, I was pausing there to think if I could say something about always, but um, <laughs> because I, I think there, there's always a, a child out there who is maybe a little bit anxious or maybe just um, cognitively isn't able to, to really grasp those things just yet. And then I may just encourage the parent to tuck it away and in, in the back and know that you can come back to it when uh, it feels more appropriate for your child. But most of the time I would say, yes, sharing, uh, you know, how you're feeling in specific situations um, to help them understand what feelings look like, feel like, how we remedy those things, how do we help in those ways, giving them opportunities to help. Like you were saying, like sometimes when people are sad, we want to give them a hug, you know, and if you want to give me a hug, I would love to have a hug. Um, giving them permission to be a part of that gives them both this interpersonal connection right between me and the person, you know, me and my child, but also it's planting the seed for how they can help moving forward. And so, you know, Hey, when you go to preschool tomorrow, if you notice that someone's sad, you could say, Hey, when some people are sad, they like a hug. Would you like to have a hug? So you're kind of planting the seed for what they could do moving forward in their own life. Um, because sometimes they just really don't know how to manage situations. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I've heard so far is that there are explicit small ways that your child can, can help, uh, or, um, you know, show compassion to a person without even saying the word compassion. So things like sharing and picking up toys and things around the house, um, we can model, you know, sharing what an emotion feels like or looks like, and then asking for a response to that or telling what our response is going to be to that. And then we can use movies and books as ways to find examples of emotion and to develop empathy in kids. So when we started this, we talked about how compassion is really difficult for this young age because it's kind of a layered concept. But I feel like those four tips, those four hints, really give some concrete things for parents to do with younger kids that over time will develop compassion. Now you won't be able to say, this is compassion today. You're practicing compassion, right? But over time, what you're building is something much more meaningful. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the the real expression of compassion is self-driven, right? Mm -hmm. So essentially what we're doing is we are, you know, prompting them to show compassion when, as they grow and they develop and they develop these layers, they will then be able to have the internal awareness of, oh, I should do something about this friend, or I should do something about this situation to help someone else. And that is the act of showing compassion. It's more self-driven, but, but our preschoolers, we can't expect that from them because they're just not advanced enough to know how to do that both socially and emotionally. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Anything else you want to add to this conversation before we close today? You know, I think compassion is a word that sometimes we think is um, both really easy, but then also really complex when we kind of break it down. And so I think it is, um, yeah, just a reminder to all of us to think about ways that we can be more intentional with compassion to people around us, especially in the current state of how things are in our culture, in the world. And um, so maybe even it's a simple reflection at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day in ways that I have been compassionate towards other people. And that may give me some ideas of how I can model and talk about it with my own kid. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you, Beth, for this conversation today. And I know that there are people who are listening who probably want to know more about you and what you do. How could they find you? So my website is makewordsmatterforgood.com. I have um, two podcasts now. Uh, one is called Kids These Days Need Us to Make Words Matter for Good. And I just launched another podcast called Things You Learn in Therapy. Um, both of those are available on um, any place you really find uh, your podcast. So. Probably wherever you found this one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you can find out more about Core Essentials at our website, coreessentials.org or on social media at core uh, at CE Values. So I think that about wraps it up for today with preschoolers, uh, but we'll be back next month. We still have a few more months left of school. This year has simultaneously flown and crept by, I think. <laughs> Um, it's such a such a strange year for so school true. kids, um, but we still have a few more months left uh, to work on these things with kids. Because you know what, the next time we talk about these things, it'll they'll, our kids will be completely different kids. Yeah, they'll be they'll be totally different. So um, I'm excited to explore more next month with you and see what we have to say about the next value. We'll see you then. Sounds great. See ya. Bye.